Hello, friends. Thank you for tuning in to Operation Tango Romeo, the trauma recovery podcast for veterans, first responders, and their families. We are on a mission to save lives and relieve pain by making help for PTS injuries easily accessible with a vision of a world where the path to recovery is clear. Please support this mission by subscribing to and rating the show on your favorite podcast channel, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Anchor, or anywhere else. By doing so, you'll help others find the help which just might save their life. Also, please help by sharing a link to the show on all of your social media channels every time a new episode drops. And always remember to recover out loud. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It's just me and you today. I do have some guests on the roaster that will be coming on in the coming weeks, some really good guests that I uh, hope you enjoy. And today, I just wanted to chat with you a little bit, a little bit about where the show is going, where it's been, and and, uh, where it's at right now. So we are experiencing an all-time growth spurt right now, which is pretty cool because all of the publicity that I was getting a while ago, being on the in the National Post and on dozens of radio shows and all that didn't actually do a lot to boost the show. But now I'm seeing the bump now. So we are, as of today, at an all-time high for downloads on the podcast channels, which is pretty cool. Um, we're up to 82 countries when I counted last week as far as coverage, and it's pretty cool. But the best thing of all is the feedback that I get. I have had people uh, tell me about changes that they've made in their life as a direct result of this show and the guests that I've had on or some of the peer support resources that I've provided or some of the healing modalities that I've provided. So this show originally started as an augment to peer support because I was in peer support groups and was a peer support facilitator. And I thought, geez, you know, how do I scale this? How do I make this fantastic content more available to more people? How do I make it bigger so that more people can benefit from what our little group was uh, benefiting from? And I created the show and I figured 30, 40 episodes and I'll be done. (laughs) And now this is episode 280. um, And there's lots and lots and lots of work to do yet. So the, the show grew. And it went beyond just being a source of peer support and went on to being a resource aggregate. So what that means is that I have found all kinds of dozens of different modalities of help and have brought practitioners and experts to the show so that you could learn about what's right for you. Anything from psychedelics to equine assisted therapy and anything in between, because I just figured there has to be a better, a better mousetrap. There has to be. At least that's that's what I thought. And I was right. And I have found several better mousetraps, because the efficacy at the OSI clinics with standard talk therapy ain't great. Uh, the numbers that I keep hearing are range between 12 and 16%, and that depends on what you consider success to be. <laughs> so not great numbers. There had to be a better way. Some of those better ways off the top of my head, uh, Dr. Genevieve Goudreau or Boudreau, that's a lot of episodes ago, um, but she does something called recall, uh, reconsolidation therapy, and that is good. Uh, EMDR seems to be one of the better ones. E- um, equine-assisted therapy is lovely. 
psychedelics are fantastic. But I have had on the show a couple of times now folks from 220220 is a group founded by an American infantry veteran Dan Jarvis out of the states and I had him on for episode number 216 episode 216 and I was kind of skeptical because he's making some pretty wild claims of 100% efficacy I'm like well couldn't be there's no way so I didn't take it all that serious but still you know I I, I never forgot that episode um, a year later, I get an, Im- an email from him saying, hey, here's a scholarship for our next upcoming course, a rather expensive course, and I accepted. So, hey, if you're going to give me a gift, I'll, I'll, I'll do this thing. So I did the short two-day course, and I was on course with 25 other people just on Zoom, and I watched 25 people get he- healed, and I felt myself get healed. SUD scores, which is the adverse reaction intensity to different memories that um, cause PTSD, the SUD scores went from a 10 out of 10, which is total distress, to zero. Now, in conventional therapy, you're pretty damn happy to get a 10 to turn into a 7. If you can get a 10 to turn into a 5, that's considered success by most People by most metrics are like, hey, you took the foot off the gas. Fantastic. But turning a 10 into a zero is rare, if not unheard of, uh, with just basic talk therapy. But here we were with tens and uh, sevens and eights and nines for SUD scores being turned into zeros. So did the two day course, got certified, and then I I'm still a little skeptical. <laughs> so I started um, coaching people through the protocol. So it's a form of neuro-linguistic programming. And I've been coaching a few people. I don't charge. It's free. And I watch heavy 10s, 11s if it was on the scale, like 30-year-old traumas, recent traumas, really, really nasty over-the-top ones. All of them with sud scores of 10. And three, four different people in a row in a week, all those tens turned into zeros. I don't get it. I don't get how it could be possible that it could be that easy and that quick. But it was happening and it's still happening. And I've got more people lined up. So that's where the show is going to be going. I'm still going to be bringing on other resources, but I've kind of already found. something that's pretty good uh that's heads and shoulders above anything else that i have found out there and i'm watching the results and people are messaging me the next day saying that they had the best sleep that they've had in years um it's just been incredible so i'm going to be focusing the show the show will continue but i'm going to be focusing on coaching as well so i'm going to be balancing it that means that there's going to be less content. So I'll probably be down to about a show a week because I'm going to be using that time to get people through PTSD. I mean, because how could I not? If you are a sufferer yourself or if you've been following the show for a while, you probably have a pretty good idea of the devastation that happens to people's lives as a result of this injury. And you probably are fully aware that it's not a weakness or an illness. It is 
an injury, a neurological injury, because the neural pathways are not being productive. They're going to the amygdala. Well, with this particular form of neuro-linguistic programming that I learned through the organization 220, it fixes that wiring. It disconnects the emotion from the memory. It disconnects those neural pathways. Magical stuff. And it works. And it works in short order. It's, it's absolutely unbelievable. It doesn't matter how intense a particular trauma it uh, is. It doesn't matter. Uh, the SUD score every single time. Uh, I've, I've watched it go down from a 10 to a 0. And people like Dan Jaras, who have coached hundreds and hundreds of people, hasn't had a miss yet. Hasn't found somebody hasn't worked on yet. And same with uh, Dr. Pamela Arnell, who's been on the show recently, just a few episodes ago. If you haven't listened to the episode with Pamela Arnell, please uh, give give it a listen. And I'm going to be doing follow-up episodes on this technology as I get more people through. So I've uh, got three, four, five people through, and I'm going to keep going. And in my mind, once I have 20, 30, 50 people that I have helped release the emotional charge from the memories. So basically wipe out the trauma because that's what the trauma is. It's when there's a emotional charge on, um, on a memory, if the memory is no longer ugly to you, it's just something that happened. It's just information. Like you're watching it on the TV, almost as if it happened to somebody else. If you can disassociate from it, then it's not a trauma anymore. It's just a, holy shit, that happened. How about that? And it's just information, and it's all it is. So turning something that makes your skin crawl and, and gives you night terrors and um, causes symptoms like hypervigilance and uh, aggravation and short temper and anxiety, take the emotional charge of those symptoms, just, they just go. They just go away. It's, um, it's unbelievable stuff. But I've seen it work and work and work and work. And let's check the chat box here. See who's talking to me. Yeah, everybody. So yeah, Carl Gustafson. <laughs> that is not your real name. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll run you through it, brother. It's no problem. But at the end of the day, it works. So reach out to me. Um, I don't cover a whole lot in one day. When I, when I do the coaching, because I got to look after me. So one person per day, pretty much, until I get more and more used to it, I guess. I want to pace myself. Um, how it works is, well, how it doesn't work is that we don't relive any traumas. So quite the opposite. So whatever the traumatic event is, no matter how nasty it is, uh, we go through it in a way that does not trigger you. Not even a little. And uh, if I see it being activated a little bit, I fix it before we continue. So you don't have to sit in your shit, <laughs> as they say, for this to work. It's quite remarkable. But it works like a hot damn. And yeah, Carl Gustafson, I'll, I'll run you through it, brother. You know my number. Um, so that's where the focus is going to be. That, in other news, uh, the house that you see me in here, that's a real background behind me. That's, that's actually where I live. It's not a, um, a virtual background. 
but we are moving. We're moving from Okotoks uh, to our lake property over at uh, Buffalo Lake. Buffalo Lake is about an hour east of Red Deer. So going to be building a dream house, going to be living in a trailer all summer long while, uh, while I'm building the house. Me and a, a very dear friend of mine are going to build it. So that's going to be cool. It's going to be challenging. I've never built the whole house before from soup to nuts, but my buddy has. So many, many times we'll get her done. But once that is up and running, um, uh, there's people like Carl Gustafson there that's going to get invites to bring his family up and visit us, and it's going to be fantastic. But So this summer, it's going to be really difficult for me to do either coaching or um, uh, this show while it's going on, but I will do some. So I'll probably be doing a show like one a week or one every other week. Uh, to keep it alive because the show is on a huge growth spurt right now. So I got to keep it fed, but that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, But I'm going to be mostly on the tools, swinging hammers and uh, erecting walls to, to build our forever home, which is freaking awesome. And it's going to have an arm wrestling club (laughs) in it as well with the walkout basement. So the walkout basement is going to have an arm wrestling club at it and see if I can get anybody to show up and join me. So that is the news. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about a uh, Instagram live that I did. If you missed it, I was talking about manning up, suck it up, buttercup, because I heard it again and uh, from somebody who uh, is in the peer support kind of world and says to me, yeah, there's this veteran in, in distress. Somebody just has to call him and kick him in the ass and tell him to man up. <laughs> if you are any kind of fan of this show, uh, you're going to know that that's a mistake. It is more than a mistake. Um, it's, a, it's an atrocious misunderstanding of how to support somebody. I can't think of a time or place where, <laughs> where that would be appropriate. Um, but in that Instagram live, I talked about telling somebody to man up when they're in distress you're talking to somebody who almost certainly has been struggling for years maybe decades and when they finally muster up the strength to say hey i need a hand i need some support telling them to man up is actually telling them that they're not man enough telling them telling them to be stronger means you're telling them that they're not strong when the opposite is true reaching out for help is one of the greatest acts of courage that i can imagine it certainly was in my case oh my god Uh, putting your ego aside and admitting that you need help instead of being the helper fuck it's brutal it is so tough but it's also necessary it's necessary to have that moment of courage to set aside your ego and to realize I can't do this alone. I don't got this. I thought I had this, but I don't got this. I need help. I need somebody to help me. Getting to that point is huge. So if your first point of contact, when you finally reach for help, if your first point of contact gives you the message of, well, you're just being weak, so be stronger. (laughs) What the hell type of advice is that? Uh, First of all, what does being stronger even mean? What does man up even mean? What does uh, suck it up even mean? You know, um, 
the only meaning that a person can infer is that I'm, oh, oh, you're saying I'm weak. I have to be stronger. Well, how do you do that exactly? How do you just be stronger? You might as well ask somebody to levitate or to travel to the moon without a spaceship. You know, um, when somebody is drowning, like literally drowning in the water, your first instinct is go help that person. So what do you do? You get a boat out there or you swim out to them or you throw them a life preserver or a life jacket. Like you throw them something that will help keep them afloat. That's your first instinct. That's natural. What you don't do is throw them a bag of bricks. (laughs) If you tell them to suck it up when they're in a time of distress, you're throwing that drowning person a bag of bricks. And uh, not helpful. Not helpful at all. Um, it is so funny how we treat mental health differently than how we treat a broken arm or a broken leg or a sucking chest wound. You know, we seem to instinctively know what to do if, if somebody is wounded or if they're drowning or they're hanging on the side of a cliff, you know, uh, you don't step on their fingers. <laughs> you, you try to take the weight off because obviously they're they're hanging on for dear life. So you don't step on their fingers. You you help them. You get a, a secure line to them, and and you and you pull them off the cliff. You don't give them a kick, or <laughs> you know, to, oh, I'm slipping. Ah, get stronger fingers. <laughs> but uh, in mental health, that's exactly what we do all the time. And uh, I, I call it the unfortunate douchebaggery that uh, we do to each other. Oh God, and there's so much of it. And that's a big reason to keep this show going, just that alone, is by having these conversations and we realize like, oh, geez, I just did that last week. I was a douchebag. Oopsie, didn't mean to do that. Uh, By realizing our actions and the consequences of our actions when we're really well-meaning and we just want to help somebody, um, that alone can save lives. You don't want to be throwing somebody a bag of bricks when they're drowning you know, thinking that you're offering them uh, a life preserver, that you're offering them support. You don't want to get that one wrong. So uh, this show has helped people not get that one wrong. Just by understanding these these basics, that it is an injury. It is not an um, emotional weakness or something like that. It is a neurological injury that you can see in a brain scan uh, because the neural pathways are stuck on high to your amygdala. That's, that's what it is. And, and it doesn't matter the modality. I was just speaking with a uh, dispatcher last night. And the douchery that these poor dispatchers go through from the, the frontline cops and, and the frontline EMS workers, you know, um, like the frontline workers that, that are actually out there pounding the pavement. I mean, they all have a super duper high flying incident that, you know, uh, causes them to gasp once a week, once every other week. But these dispatchers are listening to people on the phone um, several times a day. Uh, this one dispatcher uh, recalled to me, he's like, I can't even tell you how many times he's talked to somebody who found their child uh, hanging by their neck, you know, in the garage or in their bedroom. I, and you're the one talking to this parent as they find their child dangling dead from suicide or accident, either way. 
we have to learn that trauma is trauma is trauma. I know this is one of the basics. If you're a long-time listener, this is basic to you. But if you're a first-time listener, this might be the first time you've ever heard this. That trauma is trauma is trauma. It doesn't matter if you are a Special Forces combat soldier with numerous tours, a UN peacekeeper like I was with just one tour, or if you were sexually molested as a seven-year-old, or beat by your husband, or abused by your wife. It doesn't matter how that trauma happened to you. It doesn't matter the modality of injury, the mechanism of injury. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, did it hurt you? Did it cause damage? Are you showing symptoms? Are these symptoms destructive to your life? That's it. When you come across a motorcycle accident and they got a broken leg, does it matter that it happened on the motorcycle? Could it happen rock climbing? Could it happen slipping on the ice? Still a broken leg. It doesn't matter how you got it. What matters is that your damn leg is broken and you react to and respond to the broken leg. And you do your priority action approach and you do your first aid and you get them to the hospital, you get it set and you give it time to heal and you create a, an environment where that leg can heal and heal properly. Because if it doesn't heal properly, what happens? It doesn't heal properly. You got a limp for the rest of your damn life. Well, that's not exactly healed. That's not good. And it's the same with mental health. It's the damn same. So if if you're a first-time listener, please listen to the first 10 episodes of this show. Uh, I've had clinicians, I've had people with two doctorates uh, listen to the first 10, 20, 30 shows so that they can get their real-life perspective. And I've also had a lot of feedback from a lot of frontline workers from a lot of people that are spouses, supporters, uh, siblings, children of those that are injured, get back to me and say, thank you. Now I understand. Now I understand what is going on, why it's going on, and it makes it less frustrating because now I understand. It gives me more compassion because now I understand where they're coming from. That's a big part of, of what the show is about. But at the end of the day, I'm going to keep the show going, no matter what. I have to, because <laughs> all the fantastic feedback I get from you, the listeners and the viewers, um, telling me how you've taken positive action in your life, how you've made changes, positive change in your life as a direct result of this show. So, of course, i got to keep going. But please be patient uh, this summer as I'm swinging hammers and I'm building a house. So when he wants to come by and help out, I'll, I'll feed you. <laughs> Just let me know. Get this house built. It's going to be fantastic. But um, I will continue on and I will be continuing on with, the, with uh, the coaching to help people recover from PTSD. If I'm not available, go to 220.org.com. I'm not even sure. Um, but 22 22- Zero. So the 22 and the word zero, Z-E-R-O. You can also, the links are with Dr. Pamela Arnell a few episodes ago. Uh, Tune in. 
or episode 216 with uh, Dan Jarvis, or listen to both of them so you, you can learn about it, get all the FAQs. That's what I'm up to. Um, other updates in the show, I've got a couple of sponsors that I'm in talks with right now, which is awesome. So I will be back in full stream probably October when the house is uh, mostly built and we're living in it and uh, the Wi-Fi is up and running. So with those sponsors, I'm going to have a certain responsibility to have uh, quite a few public speaking gigs. So if you would like me to attend for a public speaking gig, uh, let me know. Those are going to be filling up pretty soon. I've done quite a few of them. I'm going to be doing quite a few more. At the moment, I'm only charging $1,500 for the hour on stage, and that includes uh, the befores and the afters and, and everything else, which is cheap for a speaker, believe it or not. And yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. So one of the sponsors, uh, I won't say it until it actually happens, but it's a dream come true sponsor. And the other one is for a cannabis company that I'm in uh, talks with. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. And, uh, and that's it. In the meantime, remember to recover out loud because every time that you do, you just might be inspiring somebody to reach out for help. And you are lending your courage to others every time you recover out loud. Thanks, everybody. Hello, my friends. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. I hope you found value in today's episode. If you found this episode helpful, healing, or informative, please let me know by leaving a rating on either Spotify or Apple. And please... Share, share like the sugar bear on all of your social media channels because sharing is caring.